radiophile. Noun. One who is attracted to intelligence. Join us, fellow fun-loving lover of knowledge, as we dig into your favorite topics with our very own nerdy diatribes, words of wisdom, and takes on life as millennials. Welcome to the Sapio Files. Hello, everybody, and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. So excited for Halloween. I am, too. And, yes, so it's an important holiday. I know it seems like such a silly one. It seems like a let's all eat candy holiday, but has so many interesting roots. It does. Um, and the candy was only a very, very recent thing. So what Chelsea and I are going to talk to you about tonight or this morning or afternoon, wherever you're listening, whatever time of day, is the origins of Halloween, where some of our most famous traditions come from, and then some other fun facts along the way. Absolutely. Would you like to start with some history? Sure, I'd love to. Um, before I go on, I just wanted to give you some, I guess I wanted to shout out some sites that I did some research in. I went on history.com, businessinsider.com, smithsonianmagazine.com, and then boston.com. So a lot of these places have some really, really cool articles if you're interested in further researching what we talk about tonight. So just if you're interested, those are out there. Um, And I'm going to read from a book a little later in the podcast, and I'll tell you what book that is as well. But So we're going to take a fun, fun, silly holiday, and we're going to nerd it out. We are. Because that's what we do. That is what we do. So one of the reasons that I've always been fascinated by Halloween is mainly it's the history behind the holiday and its origins and the idea that there is this thin veil between the living and the dead. And I've always been a huge believer in ghosts and spirits, um, angels, the afterlife. And I think that that's why I feel so connected to the holiday. So I was really excited, um, especially being someone who works for an Irish university, that Halloween has its origins. Um, I guess it dates back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. So, it's actually spelled, if you look it up, it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. So a lot of people mistakenly pronounce it as Samhain, Samhain yeah. but it's actually pronounced Samhain. It was a festival celebrated that the the Celts, um, who most people associate with Ireland, but they actually were from Ireland, the UK, and what's now northern France. Um, and it was an old festival that celebrated the new year. Um, the end of their summer and their harvest season and the beginning of the dark and cold time of year. So while we celebrate our happy new year on January 1st, the Celts celebrated their new year on November 1st because it was the end of their harvest season. So Halloween, or what we could now call Halloween, what they called Sowin, was celebrated on the 31st. And they used to light bonfires and wear costumes in order to ward off ghosts and demons because they believed that that night was the night that there was a very thin veil between the living and the dead. So while the Celts believed that their ancestors and spirits were always around them, that was the one day a year that they felt they could actually kind of pass over through towards the living veil rather than the veil um, of death. So I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, it is. So 
Um, they also were really being into fortune telling. Um, it's actually um, what we now consider a fun party game in, for Halloween, Bobbing for Apples, was actually a um, ancient divination ritual by the Druids, um, hmm. the Celts, um, who were um, who celebrated the Druid religion. Um, and it was a way to figure out their future spouse or loved one. Um, according to nice. the, the Druid religion, I guess if you were bobbing for apples and you took a bite of a sweet apple, you would get a flash of the loved one or the, the person you're meant to marry. So interesting. That reminds me of the Hallmark movie where you go to sleep on like a couple days before Christmas on the wrong side of the bed and you dream about your future spouse. Yes, I love that Hallmark movie. But yeah, a lot of these... <laughs> I. As I was looking them up, like, I'm like, this is so cool. Like, all of this is great. Um, so the Celts, um, I guess, were most prominent in their practices um, circa 2,000 years ago. Um, and um, we didn't really see the All Saints Day, All, all Hallows Eve pop up until around the 8th century, um, when Pope Gregory III, um, it's important that you know it's the third because Pope Gregory was the, the first, was the Spanish Inquisition one, not the same guy. Mm -hmm. um, he designated November 1st as a time to honor All Saints, All Saints Day, and the 31st was then known as All Hallows Eve. But I wanted to point out, yes. because the Pope, in my opinion, is not the be-all and end-all of the Catholic religion, and Chelsea knows this, but for those of you that don't know me, I'm very proud of my Catholic faith. Um, so, and I don't believe that the religious bodies are the be all and end all of any religion. And the same can be no. said of the roots of All Saints Day and All Hallows Eve, because while Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as All Saints Day, um, St. Patrick was actually um, prominent, um, a prominent member of um the Celtic tribes and everything, and he brought Christianity to Ireland and that part of the um, of the world in the fifth century. So, um, while the hierarchy of the church jumped on the bandwagon in the eighth century, there were actually a huge like mingling of Christianity and, and Druid religions starting in the fifth century. So nice. I thought that was interesting, and it wasn't a like a hostile takeover. Um, in fact, I'm going to read from a book. Uh, my aunt Lynn gave me a book. My aunt Lynn always gives me Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'll go back into some of the um, the Christian version of it in a little bit. Yeah. So um, this is actually from um, the Complete Idiot's Guide to Understanding Catholicism. Um, awesome. And, Everybody should get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's chapter 21, page 309. Um, the term Celt has come to be associated with the Irish, but it refers to many of the people who lived across Western Europe. Their conversion to Catholicism was gradual. The old Druid religion existed side by side with, with Catholicism in, the most, in most of the Celtic lands for many years. Catholic churches were built on the old holy sites of Druids, and often the names and images of the old gods were carved into the stone walls. The Celts retained the holy days of the old religions and rededicated them to Catholic saints. Ceremonies to acknowledge the new holy days were often similar to the ceremonies of the deities they supplanted. They were celebrated with songs, dances, and ceremonies of the old religions. This process of appropriation was very common in the spread of Catholicism. So as you can see, like going back from St. Saint, from Saint Patrick all the way to the 9th century, there was already like a really cool intermingling of, of religions, which is 
I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Also why we have things like the Christmas tree, which obviously um, if you look at mm-hmm. um, the history, the Christmas tree didn't start with the church. So anyway. Well, yes. And a lot of, a lot of um, traditionally religious days have become more of secular holidays. And that is, I think, how we think about Halloween. Nobody seems to think about Halloween as, okay, it's a Catholic religious day. Mm -hmm. People think about Halloween like, let's get dressed up and go trick-or-treating. So it does become more of a secular holiday. Um, Christmas is still considered more of a religious holiday, but it has a lot of secular pieces as well, as Kayla was saying, like with the tree and Santa Claus and things like that which also has his own origins, but we'll maybe do that in December. Um, yes. Let's not get into the origins of Santa Claus yet. Um, oh, so Halloween. Michelle, sorry what? to interrupt. I just want to make sure that I correct myself. It was Pope Gregory the ninth. Um, Ooh, ninth. Okay. Papal inquisitors um, in the 13th century. So that's the Spanish inquisition. I, so Pope Gregory the third was the, um, All Saints Day, Pope Gregory the Ninth was the Inquisition, so I wanted to just correct myself. Continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. Awesome. <laughs> That's okay. All right. So Halloween is actually, in terms of the Western Christian faith, which you know has its roots in Catholicism, but it's it expands to other types of Christianity as well, is actually the Eve of. All Hallows Day or All Saints Day, which is why it's, which is why it's Halloween. Halloween, this is, you know, the etymology of the word, mm-hmm. is actually a contraction of Hallows Evening, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, in more old-timey English, they would abbreviate evening into, into like, Een. Mm-hmm. So Halloween became Hallows Evening, the eve before All Hallows Day. And... One of the ways that this um, became such an interesting day in the in the religion and in secular world is because it begins the three-day observance in the liturgical calendar dedicated to remembering the dead. So it is a, it is technically a religious holiday. It is. Um, you know, All Saints Day, which we know is on November 1st. And as Kayla was mentioning before, when we have this religious day or three days that there's a thin veil between the living and the dead if we think about it that's a bit of it's very cool but it's a bit of a creepy thing Mm -hmm. so we started to come up with images of things like ghosts and skulls and vampires and all of these like half living half dead creatures all of these symbols became the traditional costumes that people wear on Halloween. Now, people wear everything now. You could dress up as anything. But the traditional imagery comes out of that, let's look at all the saints and souls floating around. Um, The word Halloween dates back to 1745, when it became one word, Halloween, not the abbreviation, Hallow's Evening. So, fun, you know, word facts. Um, But it was not even called All Hallow's Eve until... Uh, 1556 it was it just had it had the different names as Kayla mentioned before so it wasn't referred to as Hallow's Eve or Halloween until then so it has kind of a shorter history but that's you know a little fun fact about where the word comes from and the um the religious background of it 
And another fun fact is that, um, you know, Chelsea mentioned that the word Halloween wasn't really utilized until 1745, but it became popular popularized in 1785 um, because of a poet named Robert Burns who wrote a poem mm. of the same name, Halloween. And for those who aren't familiar with Robert Burns, he's the one that wrote the poem, A Red, Red Rose, like my love is like a red, red rose, newly sprung in June. So his yeah. poem, Halloween, um, really popular, popularized, I cannot say that word tonight, um, the name Halloween in 1785. So cool. So it's, it's really fun to listen to how words change over the years. Mm -hmm. It's definitely really fun. I like words. Me too. Um, now, I was just going to ask you if you've ever heard about the tale of Stingy Jack. No. You haven't. Who is Stingy Jack? I don't believe so. Who is Stingy Jack? Stingy Jack is um, the main character in an Irish folk tale that was really made popular in the 17th century. Um, and Cindy Jack actually is why we have the term jack-o'-lantern. Um, oh. Yes. So um, the story goes that Stingy Jack invited the devil for a drink. And then rather than paying his bill, he tricked the devil into turning himself into a gold coin. And he pocketed the coin. And then he ended up bartering with the devil and saying that, he would set him free if he would never take his soul. So the devil made the deal and promised Stingy Jack that he would never take his soul. But then Jack tried to trick the devil again, and he managed it. He did trick him twice, but this time the devil was angry. So when the time came that Jack actually did die, um, heaven didn't want him because he was a liar and a, and a cheat and everything. Trick the devil. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the devil didn't want him either. But the devil also knew that even if he didn't want him, you know, where the devil is, um, that he could still punish him in, in the afterlife. So by in order to punish him, he gave him a solitary burning coal to carry with him in the darkness of the afterlife, in like that weird place between life and death. Um, and what Jack did was he ended up carving out a turnip and with a mm -hmm. face and he put the coal in it and that's the only light he has to carry with him journeying in that weird realm between living and dead and that's how jack-o'-lanterns were first starting so yeah <laughs> awesome i <laughs> did have written to, down that yeah yeah i did have written down that in ireland and scotland turnips were originally used for jack-o'-lanterns pumpkins are a north american thing yep or they started as a North American thing. I'm sure they've, you know, they've spread as well. Absolutely. Actually, um, the, up until the um, mid-1800s, um, a lot of people in the state didn't really actively celebrate Halloween. So during the 1840s, um, during the Great Migration from Ireland to America, um, the Irish brought with them their love of this um, so-in, this All Hallows' Eve celebration. And they found out that they could carve pumpkins a lot easier than turnips. Um, and hence the Halloween that we know was kind of born. So the Irish played a big role in that. They did. Yeah. The Irish are good at a lot of things. They are. If you are listening and you're from Ireland, you guys are cool. They are so, so cool. So hello. Hello, Irish listeners. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so we do use pumpkins now for jack-o'-lanterns, but jack-o'-lanterns are meant to scare off evil spirits by having, mm-hmm. like, a scary face. So that goes along with the story that you said. Um, I don't know that everybody knows that. Some people kind of think they just look cool to hollow out a pumpkin and put a candle in it. But they are meant to scare off evil, evil spirits. So a, a lot of what if you we want do, to scare off some spirits, there you go. A lot of what we do is meant to scare off evil spirits during the time of Halloween, whether it's carving a jack-o'-lantern or dressing up in a mask or we now do costumes, burning bonfires, yes. all of that. So... So, speaking of masks, I do have some information on that. Please share. So, we dress up in costumes today, and that's not just for fun. I mean, it is fun. And like I mentioned before, a lot of the traditional costumes come from the idea that the souls and the dead people are here with us. So, that's why we get those, like, ghost imageries and things like that. But... Mm -hmm. Costumes, the practice of costumes, is actually connected to the medieval practice of mumming. Hmm. Not mummies, mumming. So mumming was a practice in medieval times where people would hide their identities. They'd hide their faces, and they'd parade through the streets. And during mumming, they would do kind of, like, tricky things. Like, they would try to get things from different people in different homes, or they would Hmm. try to... um, they would try to make friends with people that weren't their, like, class. So it's like, it was like a, a kind of, it was like a freeing little festival where you you didn't have a face. So it has to do with mumming. So the dressing up in something that you're not recognized as yourself, it was also called guising in some mm-hmm. places. Yeah. So mumming and guising, dressing up as if you're not yourself and parading through streets and communicating with different people and going into homes comes for that. They don't necessarily go into homes anymore, but comes from that um, practice of mumming or guising in medieval times. Um, So that's where we kind of get the costume idea from. And then trick or treat is actually not a very nice phrase because it is actually a threat. I don't think most kids know what they're saying when they say trick or treat, but it's actually a threat. And at, and at some point, kids used to actually perform mischief and people would give them candy so that they didn't do candy or <laughs> treats or money or food or something. They would give them some kind of treat so that during their guising and mischiefing, they didn't do something to their home. So it was like a security measure to protect your home from these these crazies who were walking around in the streets with masks. So now, you know, we, we say trick-or-treat. We're not going to actually destroy people's houses, but although some <laughs> people do on Mischief Night. See, that we separated out the mischief to the night before. That's actually, um, it's interesting you mentioned Mischief Night because that's not something that's everywhere in the States. Um, which brings us back to a podcast where we mentioned just cultural differences between areas in our own country. Um, that was a while Mischief ago, Night yeah. is not a thing that we do in Massachusetts. <laughs> At all. I didn't hear about it until you told me about it in New Jersey. Yeah. It's not a thing everywhere. And I think in some parts of the country it's called Goosey Night, which I don't get. I don't know why it's a goose. Kind of like I don't get why the guy on Bachelor in Paradise is a goose either. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so it's either called Mischief Night or Goosey Night. And in some parts of the country, or perhaps in other countries, I'm not sure, um, it's the night before Halloween. And I guess it's 
sort of like a festive, like let's decorate everything to look like Halloween kind of mischief thing. But it's when people go around and do kind of crazy things. So like you'll ring a doorbell and run away. It's like doorbell ditch. People toilet paper people's lawns. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just kind of, it's mischief. It's mischief the night before Halloween. It doesn't exist everywhere. And it's not that big of a thing anymore because now there's, a lot of awareness of it. There's a lot of police presence. It's not really a thing anymore. I think it used to be more of a thing in like our parents' generation. But mm-hmm. yeah, the mischief part got separated. But going back to trick or treat, the trick part would be like, I'm going to do something unless you give me a treat. <laughs> so well, now like- kids just say that and it's like, okay, kid, I like your princess costume, have a chocolate. But. <laughs> It used to be like, please don't hurt my house. Here, here, here's the muffin. <laughs> yeah, actually. So it's, yeah. It's, it's morphed over the years. Yeah, um, I think, like, if so, anyone's trying to see, like, not necessarily that back-in-time trick-or-treat, but, like, uh, kind of in-between area, like, portrayed on film, if you watch the old Judy Garland and Tom Drake film, Meet Me in St. Louis, it's a musical, Um during the portion that they call autumn, they actually have the kids dress up for Halloween and they do wear the old school like masks to hide their identities and the kids collect things to go into a bonfire. And when they go the houses, they don't even say trick or treat. They have a, a bag of flour. And the thing that they're dared to do is that they're supposed to knock on people's doors and throw flour in the faces of the adults. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's so great. Like, I, I remember, like, as a kid wishing that I could do that secretly, but my family would never let me go to my neighbors and throw flour in their faces. Well, that's that's probably for the best. <laughs> we trick-or-treated for UNICEF instead. <laughs> well, UNICEF so. is a better way to trick-or-treat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> for a good cause and less oh, cavity. There you go. Um, cool. So, yeah, trick-or-treating has its interesting roots as well. All right, what did you have next as fun facts about Halloween? Um, I just had, I mean, we we are just one podcast, and there are so many um, different Halloween traditions, depending on what country you're going in and everything, or celebrating in. But one that I think is um, particularly prominent in our country, um, especially since they're our southern neighbor, is what is um, known as Dia de los Muertos in Mexico, the Day of the Dead. And that... I understood that when you said it in Spanish. Yay! All right. (laughs) So proud of myself. Not that I can speak Spanish, but sometimes I understand it. All right. (laughs) Excellent. Um, And kind of like you were mentioning before about how it's actually a three-day liturgical celebration, um, Dia de los Muertos... um, although it's called Day of the Dead, is actually a three-day celebration starting on October 31st. Um, It's a celebration of departed loved ones. Um, People light candles to lead their loved ones home. They actually tidy up the grave sites of their loved ones, and they'll add candles. um, They'll add flowers, like really colorful flowers. And then on November 2nd, they'll actually have um, like, picnics at the grave sites um Mm. so that they can it i think this is a really cool version of halloween because it's a cell like it's not so much living in fear of the dead but like celebrating the life that the dead had before they passed on 
and really like being mm -hmm. aware of your ancestry and celebrating who your family was when they were still on earth and celebrating them even in death and knowing that they're always with you. So I think it's really That's cool. That's really cool. Um, I like that. Yeah, me too. It was one of like, we the should celebrate the dead. You're going to, well, you're going to be here not right at, not during the three day liturgical feast, but shortly after we should celebrate the dead. We, we shall, we shall do it. Okay. Excellent. But that was one that I came up with. And like, there are certainly other things too. Like, I, I think that it was when I was looking in Germany, um, the um, people will actually hide knives during Halloween so that the spirits don't accidentally Ooh. hurt themselves. <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> like, I, like I, they have to, they have to baby proof the house. Like, I'm almost positive. Like, it was, it was one of those things where, yeah, um, people put all their knives away so the spirits that return do not get injured. Yeah. Um, so baby proofing for spirits. Spirit yeah, pretty proofing. much. But like, I think that's so cool. Like, it's not they're afraid of the spirits. It's that they want to make sure their the spirits aren't going to hurt themselves. Like, I dig that. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just think it's so Very cool, cool that like this this holiday has so many different interpretations. But it all comes down to like people believing that there's this thin veil between living and dead, and that and the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and. You know, I believe in the afterlife, and so I've always really definitely. I, I've thought that Halloween is like really cool, but I, I yeah definitely, and I think that you know people are still with us. People from your past that have passed on, they are still with us. Maybe not every day; they probably do other things too. But um, <laughs> but they are here. They are here, and you can still communicate with them and access them. Um, so I think that's important to remember as well. And I, I think that it's interesting that it's a combination between this religious ceremony, this weird medieval, let me hide my face and do weird stuff event, um, this uh, whole like imagery of the, um, the ghost and the jack-o'-lanterns and all of this stuff. And also just like a fall festival. A lot of the imagery just has to do with fall. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the end of, it's, it's a the end festival. of harvest season. Yeah, it's a harvest festival. Yeah, it's and it's a, it's a New Year's festival, which I think is with, like it's a it's a Celtic Druid New Year's festival. See, see it's um. funny to me that New Year's is here for them because New Year's New Year's got switched. This is like another. We should do more holiday posts. We should not posts. This is not a post. This is a, this is a podcast. Okay, <laughs> we should do more holiday podcasts as things go on. But New Year's, I think. It's weird that it got switched to when it was because I don't remember exactly when and I will look this up and around New Year's, I'm sure we'll tell you guys this, but it used to be March. The beginning of the year was March 1st. And if you think about the months, that makes sense. Sept, seven, September, October, mm -hmm. eighth month, November, ninth month. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. The months, the months <laughs> still say what they were when March was the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And that March makes sense to me because it's like the things start to bloom again. Mm -hmm. So it's like the beginning of the life cycle. But like, I don't I don't know why it's January. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> because all the words say the wrong name and I don't, I don't like when the words are wrong. So I don't mm -hmm. like that September is the, is the ninth month, but it says it's the seventh month. <laughs> it's the wrong root word and I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I'm with you. Yes. 
Uh, we should have New Year's in March. <laughs> we should, because it's not really, even if you're going off of like happiness quota of people, like it's not. Yeah, Happy New Year. It's dark and it's dark and depressing January 1st. Well, not only that, but people just celebrated Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whether it's spiritual, secular, or both for, for you. Um, and we don't really need another one right after that. But in March, you need another holiday. And granted, thank God for St. Patrick's Day. But like, <laughs> oh, but like, we don't, you know, we, we need. I'm going to instate, at least for us, we're going to have a New Year's party in March. <laughs> I love it. That's what we should do. Okay. We got a little off topic from Halloween, but it's still fun holiday things and interesting. So, some people celebrate New Year's November 1st. Some people celebrate January 1st. I think we should celebrate it March 1st. <laughs> and and February is the shortest month of the year because they ran out of days. <laughs> oh, dear. It was originally March. I don't know why we switched it. <laughs> Can you tell him I'm heated up about this? You are. You're really heated up. Because <laughs> it makes all the words wrong. Yeah, it does. Like, it's October. <laughs> it should be the eighth month because oct, like an octagon, is eight. <laughs> Yes. But, um, yeah, in any case, like, like you mentioned, Chelsea, I think that the whole celebration of Halloween is so interesting in that it's kind of like the holiday manifestation of what we are as a people now, even though some people don't want us mm. to be diverse. Cough, cough. Um, <laughs> We really we are, are a very diverse society. Yeah, yes, we really are. And this is just like such a cool mixture of just everybody's traditions coming together to create this holiday and this celebration. And granted, it is a little silly now with like some of the stuff people do. But when you think about its roots, I think when you think about the roots of anything, it gets so much cooler and more rich. It's very cool. I agree. I think that... It's a very interesting holiday. I like that it's a mix of different cultures and backgrounds. And mm-hmm. you know what? Speaking of different cultures and backgrounds, we should just we should just take a moment. Okay. In in light of all the craziness that happened in the past week, can we all just remember to remember that we're all people? And just because somebody's a little bit different than you, let's make sure that we're not letting small opinions divide us into this culture where we're just so different that hatred gets through. So I know you listeners are not the hatred type, but we should just remember that. And, you know, we stand with the Jewish community. Absolutely. And as a Catholic, of course, I'll say that these the people are in my thoughts and prayers. But beyond that, as a person who believes in standing up for what's right, I want to just implore, and like Chelsea said, that we know that the people listening to this podcast are are the, the sort that would be intellectual, open-minded, et cetera, but I implore you to, to speak up for those that may be it's being attacked at the moment, um, to not let mm-hmm. the culture of hate that seems to be spreading in our country to continue to spread, because... Um, as it's been said by several great people that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men or I'll say women too, to do nothing. So 
Mm-hmm. Send your thoughts and prayers if you if that is your belief. If you pray, but mm-hmm. um, but also um, show some action and spread the word because your words and actions are needed too. It can't absolutely. Just be- anyway, that got that took a little bit of a darker note, but something we should acknowledge: hatred's never okay. Um, and like our good friends in my big fat Greek wedding said. Here we have apples and oranges. We're very different, but in the end, we're all fruit. Yep. So people who are different than you are still all fruit. Mm-hmm. We're all people. And we love and support people. Not people who look like us. Not people who have the same background as us. People. Mm-hmm. So just something to keep in mind. Yep. All right. But on a lighter note, happy Halloween. Yes. And... And um, have a great time trick-or-treating if that's what you do, uh, going out if that's what you do, ha- having your costumes, having your parties, whatever it is you do for Halloween. Have a great time. Um, if you want to do a celebration to honor the dead, whether or not you're Catholic, you don't have to be Catholic to do this. You could do your own. You yeah. could do a little, um, have a bonfire or something or a little event and you could, you know, share stories about a dead loved one. That would be a great way to honor the dead. Mm-hmm. I think that Absolutely. would be fantastic. And if you're listening, especially if you're listening from another country and you have a tradition that we haven't heard about, um, a Halloween tradition, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And if um, you're listening from another country and maybe you have a slow reaction to something that we said or you heard it a different way growing up, like please share that with us too because we, we love to learn more. That's why we're the sapiophiles. We are. So. Right. And, you know, remember, we, we're we researching and we're coming from our perspective, but we do have, and, you know, like we were saying, let's embrace diversity. And we are aware that we are both white, educated women from the northeastern part of the United States. Mm-hmm. Straight, cisgender, white, educated women. And so we understand that as much as we try to research and find out about different cultures and different parts of the world. We don't know everything because we have one perspective of it. So if you are somebody from a different part of the world with different traditions, we would love to hear about it. Or in any of the episodes, if we say something that um, because of your background, you know to be inaccurate or you know a different side of, we would love to hear that too. In this or any other episode. Mm -hmm. We love to learn more. I hope you guys have learned a little more. And have a fantastic Halloween. Um, you know, watch some Hocus Pocus. We love yes. Hocus Pocus. Um, we do. Yeah, muck a muck a muck. You can do a you can do a shot every time they mention that Max is a virgin. <laughs> that's a, that's the great way to play the drinking game. Oh my gosh! Yeah. The poor kid uh, he gets made fun of so much for that, and I'm like, you know what? He's what fourteen. It's okay yeah, that he's a virgin. In fact, it's preferable. <laughs> Poor kid. Poor, All right. poor Matt. But, yeah. Watch some Hocus Pocus, have some candy, not too much candy, don't get sick, and have a fantastic Halloween. This is my ghost noise. And following Chelsea's ghost noise, I am going to now go bobbing for apples to find my future husband. Awesome. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's the problem. Maybe we haven't found our future husbands because we haven't, we haven't for, apples. for the correct apples. Right? <laughs> Gotta practice my or ancient we... druid divination. <laughs> <laughs> that and we have to do the um 
that what is it the feast of saint thomas sleeping upside down thing from oh, let yeah. it snow on hallmark yeah both of by those the way things. did you know hallmark has begun their christmas movie lineup if you are yeah. super into that i mean right now let's right now i like to do halloween i tend to start christmas on thanksgiving mm-hmm. but if you like christmas movies and they make you feel better and you want to do a christmas movie Hallmark is all Christmas movies all the time. <laughs> it started last week. So, holidays, you know what? That's a good thing about the fall and early winter. The holidays are all in a row. They're nice. Which is why New Year should be in March. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Happy Halloween, guys. Have a great week. Happy Halloween, everybody. Be safe. Have a wonderful week. And um, celebrate diversity because Halloween is a diverse holiday. Dress up as something that is different from you. I dress up as Sarah Sanderson. Yay. Sarah Sanderson's (laughs) great. A muck, a muck, a muck. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for discussing Halloween with us this week on the Sapio Files. Have a happy and safe holiday. As always, you can find us at sapiofilespodcast at gmail.com, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube at the Sapio Files, or anywhere you listen to this podcast. Have a happy and safe Halloween, and stay curious, everyone. <laughs>